Okay, Shavuotov, everybody. We have in this week's Parsha, um, the uh, on Sunday, this past Sunday, as we know, was the yard site of Hagarin Hodein Radisra Salanter, who founded the Musa movement. And uh, so it comes at every uh, Shabbos Mishpatim is always his yurt site. <laughs> and um, so everybody, everybody says, um, of yeah, course, that makes sense good. because the whole essence of the Parsons Mishpatim is fo focused on the laws of the and um, all the uh, sensitivities and compassion um, that, uh, that the Torah so beautifully expresses the, the endless dimensions of compassion for our fellow man, which is um, the essence of the Torah and the essence of the Torah de Bura. So somebody said to me, you know, it's not only it's not only the um, all these interpersonal teachings which are so beautifully presented and, and revealed in the the Parshish Mishpati, but in particular there's, there's one Pasik which was really you could say it was the essence of Yisrael Salantin. Because Yisro Shalanta had a practice that if anybody ever damaged him or harmed him or hurt him, uh, hold on for one second. Guys. If, any, if anybody ever damaged him or hurt him any, in any way, he always responded by doing a good deed a kindness, showing compassion to that person. And the source of that we're gonna we're gonna see is in this week's parsha. And it, it's the Torah tells us um, if you come across your, your enemy's donkey and he's uh, the donkey is uh, under a big load and he's like collapsing under the load. So, Tazov Azov Imo, you should, you should come to help him. And the Torah tells us, what does it mean, Tazov Azov Imo? It's from the word to, to let go, let go of your hatred and go help your friend, have compassion on your friend, have compassion on the donkey who's who's collapsing under his load. And whatever the reason is that uh, this person is your enemy or you don't like him, you know, like the, because I'll say that because maybe uh, he, did, he, he was over in Avera and you, you saw what happened, you couldn't testify against him. So you have no choice but to feel negative. But the Torah says, let it go, let it go. Let, it, let go of your feelings of, of discomfort for this person or negativity and go show him compassion 
and go assist him, be there for him, and, um, and go help him. And maybe by showing him this love and compassion, that's what's going to bring him to, to do tshuva. That's what's going to soften his heart. That's what's going to um, turn around his, his entire worldview. That'll be the, the catalyst and the catharsis to start this process in him to soften his heart. Right? Now, of course, this is counterintuitive and, and it's certainly against human nature. Somebody kicks you in the shins and you give him a kiss. But this is, this is what the Torah advises us to do. And Yisra Salanter um, was a tremendous he fulfilled this aspect. I mean, in life, so many different, so many different ways and occasions. Like, for example, a famous story, he was one time sitting in a train. In those days, I don't know if you remember, they had the smoking compartments and the non-smoking compartments. We don't see that today in today's world. Like they used to have it on the airplane, they had it in the trains. And he used to smoke a pipe. So he chose to sit in the smoking compartment, which was the smoker's car. And uh, he started to smoke his pipe. It was just as everybody else in there was smoking whatever they were smoking, a cigarette or whatever it was. And the person sitting next to him got very uh, upset with Rabbi Salanter and he said, the this, this, this smell of your, of your pipe is, is, is really driving me crazy and it's really annoying me. And he started to berate Rabbi Salanter and really lash into him. He said, well, I'm very sorry. Let me open up the window, blow the smoke outside. He said, what are you, that's even worse. It blows into my face and I'm going to be cold. The imamish was, was very abusive, very abusive to Rabbi Salanter because he, he didn't know who he was. And finally they got to the train station and he sees a, a big group of people waiting there so why, why are all these people waiting here? And they said, don't you, don't, don't you know Rabbi Yisrael Salanter was on this train and they, they came to greet him and he came into this, come into the city. I said, oh, really? Who was who Rabbi Salanter? And he said, look, that, he's the man over there. And he was so embarrassed because that was the person he had berated and abused. So he finally gets, works up the courage and he said, look, Rabbi, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't realize it was you. And, Please forgive me, and you know, it's just under tension or whatever. So Rabbi Salanter said, "I forgive you 100 percent with my, with, you know, 100 percent." He just tell me why did you come to the city? He says, "I came to the city because I want to learn how to be. Uh, I want to get a, a certificate to be a shochet." So Rabbi Salanter said, "You know, okay, let me um, come to my." place where I'm staying and we'll, uh, we'll learn together to make sure that you're, uh, you're up to speed. And he came and he saw that he didn't know anything. So he taught him everything and he worked with him very hard and maybe hired a teacher. So this is exactly this meter of somebody offends you and embarrasses you even in public and yells at you, for, even, though, even though you're a hundred percent in the right and instead of holding offense against the person, instead of harboring resentment or hurt 
That was Salanta went to the other pole and performed a great kindness and a great service, showed this person a lot of love and encouragement. And they asked him about it, why did you do that? And he said, he did it because even though I forgave him with my full heart, there could still be like a little tinge of resentment inside. So I wanted to, to make sure that I was able to fully come full circle, full circle with this person and um, be able to, to give him the love and the encouragement because I wanted to make sure that, you know, my compassion was complete. So this is this me then. And I, I think that's one of the um, important, maybe the key reason why every year the Parshish Mishpatim comes up on this, uh, on the Yorzit of Rabbi Salanta, because he epitomized, he personified that Mita to Mamish in life. You know, it's one thing to, to learn it theoretically, but to apply it is another thing altogether. It's and it can be done. It can be done. The more we learn it, the more we can internalize it. The more we internalize it, the more we can apply it. So let's just read a little inside of the, of the Holy Talmud of Ur where it talks about this. This Mida. This is in the, in the first chapter. Perak Rishon of which is the, the thirteen attributes of Rachamim of the Keter. It's the fifth attribute. Lo exikla adapoi. Hashem does not hold his anger forever. Zumi decheres, Even if a person persists in whatever chet he's doing, let's say Slashin Hora or Bitul Torah or Bad Mida, Hashem does not hold his wrath. Hashem nullifies, he mitigates his wrath. Even if the person did not do tshuva. Let's understand that. If the person was chayte, and maybe was chayte many, many times on a consistent basis, so, first Hashem has patience with the person. Eventually, the person doesn't do true, but Hashem will give him a wake-up call. But then the person doesn't understand the wake-up call, or he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't want to understand the wake-up call, or he's... He's closed to the wake-up call, or he denies the reality of what the message is. So imagine in human relationships, you know, like with your child, you know, the child is doing something which is totally inappropriate. And first you try to talk to him and you, and you reason with them. And you say, that it's not penetrating. They don't understand what I'm talking about. So then you have to you have to implement consequences. You know, the child uh, runs into the street and he's, he's endangering his life or 
he started to take drugs or show some type of negative behavior. And um, the, you, know, you have a heart-to-heart -heart talk with him, but he, he doesn't hear it and <clears throat> hangs out with the wrong crowd. So you have to, you have to put in consequences. You know, if, if I see you um, taking drugs or drinking or running to the street or going with these people, you, you'll have to be grounded or you know, take away your privileges or whatever. You know, you'll figure out what, what it is. But then you see the child is, even that is not gonna, doesn't stop him. So what does the average person do? I have to, have to make tougher consequences. But Hashem is the opposite. He, he gives the wake up call and the person does not respond to the wake up call. You know what Hashem does? It's mevatel, it's mevatel, the din, and he just shows the person love. Rach, just softness, sweetness. And he's hoping that that's gonna, the person will get that message. Like, wow, this person's thinking, Hashem could have really let me have it. He could have really blasted me. And he's just giving all these blessings in life, all these, all these wonderful, wonderful things. And obviously, I don't really, I don't really deserve this. Other rabba, I should, I should really be punished in some way. But look how much Hashem loves me, and maybe that's going to bring the person to do tshuva. This is a totally different understanding. Like it's very hard for us to wrap our minds around that in terms of the interpersonal relationships that we have, that when somebody does something very damaging or unpleasant or hurtful, and we try to uh, intervene and put the consequences down, play out the consequences for the person, and they still don't respond. So we're just gonna dig in our heels and, and act tougher. You didn't get the message. You're going to get the message now. Now I'm really going to give it to you. Hashem is the opposite. So okay, you didn't get the message. So I'm just going to nullify the wrath, the din, and just treat him with love and, and, and show him compassion. Understand the difference? Hashem just puts out the fire and just showers the person with love and compassion. And he's hoping that that's going to open up the person's heart to do tshuva. We see this by the generation of Yeravim ben Yoash, that there was a, uh, a war against Klyas, where they, they, they infiltrated the, the borders of Klyas, and the, and the enemy won some some land, they 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 are able to get a foothold in Eretz Israel on the borders, and Hashem then helped Klai Israel, and they became victorious, and they regained the land that was taken from them. So they had this battle first; they lost, and then they won. you but they were doing a vodizora. The Klai Israel was doing a vodizora. And Hashem showed them compassion, even though they didn't do tshuva. Why would Hashem show them compassion? 
Bishvil midizu lo ad Exactly because of this midah. Hashem does not hold his, his wrath forever. Adarabba, machlish, he weakens his wrath, he dissipates his wrath. Even though they're still sinning, they're still doing the word Zorah, they're still speaking Russian horror or whatever the, whatever chad it is that they're involved in. Hashem is hoping and showing compassion. He says, maybe this soft, pleasant approach will inspire them to do tshuva. Hashem deals with us sometimes very softly and sometimes more harshly, but everything is for the benefit, the ultimate benefit of, of Klai Yisrael. So how do we emulate this beautiful attribute? We need to, to apply this interpersonally in our relationships. Even if there's a situation where you could really um, speak and give somebody, admonish somebody, give them rebuke, and they're going to accept it because it's so obvious that they were wrong. You told them not to smoke. You told them not to drink. You told them not to take the drugs. You told them don't hang out with these people. Very clearly in black and white, and they they did the opposite of what you said. So they can't deny that they they broke the the uh, the law that you put down, or the, the request that you made. Still, we need to show compassion and don't admonish them. Let the anger go. Just let it go. This is a very important and powerful and effective way in interpersonal relationships. Don't hold your, your anger at the person, even though they really deserve the, the din. If you see the chamor, the, the donkey of your enemy crouching under his weight and it's such, such a big load on his back that the, the, the chamor is, is, is collapsing under the, under the load, what is the cause of the why is he your enemy? You saw somebody doing a very, but since it was only one person, you can't testify against him. So you hate him, meaning you, you have this negative feeling towards him, this animosity, because of the very that he committed. Nevertheless, Nevertheless, the Torah tells you, Shavok leave it. Forget about the negative feelings that you have, the anger that you have, the negativity that you have, the irritation that you have, the hurt that you have. Let it go. Let it go. 
עזוב תעזוב עמו, עזוב תעזוב עמו. שבוק יאסט let the negative feelings leave your heart, אלא מצווה, it is a מצווה, לקרב אותו באהבה, to draw him close with love. Can you imagine this? person crossed you, double-crossed you, you told him not to do it, you did it anyway, your child, your friend, your neighbor, whoever it was, you told him deliberately, don't do X, don't take drugs, don't don't waste your time in, with, with people who are taking you away from the Torah or whatever. And he deliberately goes against your will, even though you told him very clearly in black and white. So what should you do? Let it go. Let it go. It's a mitzvah to draw him close with love. Shower him with love. Just maybe it's going to slip in there and he'll get the message and it'll inspire him to do tshuva and soften his heart and he'll turn around. This is this mamish, this attribute and this was the persona. This is how Rabbi Salam this was his persona. Somebody harmed him or hurt him. He always responded with doing a kindness and showing compassion to the person. So this is a very important meter that we need to learn and put into our our minds as uh, something in our repertoire that when somebody um, deliberately hurts us or doesn't listen to our instructions or um, does something which is totally inappropriate and we tell them about it, and we, it really gets, ups, gets uh, upset and, and even angry. Then we have to come to the place, let it go. Azov tazov imoy. Shavok yastli, but let go of the, even though the feelings are justified, even though you have a right to feel what you feel, and they really did something which was inappropriate and hurtful and harmful and agonizing. Okay, but the Torah says, you know what? It's a mitzvah, not just a good idea. It's a mitzvah to draw him close with love. Because maybe this coming from the, this approach is gonna be, a, gonna be the key. It's gonna open his heart and soften his heart. The other way it didn't work. You were tough with him and you laid down consequences and punishments and, and tough talk. Didn't help. Water off a duck's back. Maybe a soft approach. Give him a smile and a love. Mitzvah. It's a mitzvah to draw him close with love. And maybe that's going to help. It's a big Yiddish. So, you know, the, 
There's a story about uh, a famous Rav, and he noticed that some, some silverware was missing from his house. And he, you know, was very smart. And he realized that his Talmud stole the silverware. So he confronted his Talmud. And it was so embarrassing for his Talmud. He, 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 left, he left Torah. So we have to be so careful how we, you know, we, we can upset the apple cart. You know, you confront somebody and um, even though they did wrong, but you say it in the wrong way, they can't, they can't handle it. it. Just, you know, people are very delicate. But respond with love and it's, it's, it's difficult. The agony is agony. They really hurt you. They really didn't listen to you. And they're really damaging themselves and damaging you and all of the above. It's so frustrating. It's so it's just burning up inside. Tazov, azov, imo. Let it go. This is what Hashem does with us 24 7. It's a mitzvah to draw him close in Ahava. Famous story. Everybody heard of the famous Rav Adas. And he tells the story himself when he was a young boy. He was eating a sandwich and his friends came and knocked on the door and says, come play soccer with us. Said, oh yeah, soccer, sure. And he starts running outside and his older brother was there. He said, one second, you have to say Birkat Hamazon. He said, yeah, yeah, I said Birkat Hamazon. So what are you talking about, Birkin Bazon? You didn't say Birkin Bazon. You're eating a sandwich and you're running out the door now. No, no, no. I, I, I said it. I said it. His older brother grabs him and he takes him to the father. And he says, his, his friends came to call to, to play soccer and he, he, didn't, he didn't bench. He didn't make Birkin a Muslim. And he said he did. And obviously he didn't. The father thinks about it and he says, if your brother said he made Birkas Hamazon, you have to believe him. He made Birkas Hamazon. Azov ta Azov Imoy. If Ada said that was the changing point in his life, exactly because of this, because he says, My father loves me, my father believes in me, and now I don't want to disappoint my father. And that's why I became Rav Adas. So you never know how by using this beautiful advice of the Torah, this meat of Rachamim of Yonel, how it could positively and powerfully, powerfully affect other people. It's counterintuitive, 100% counterintuitive, but this is the meat of Rachamim of the, of the Holy Keter Azov, Tazov, Imoi, Lo Exik, Laadapoi. Okay, that's the first piece I wanted to speak about. Any comments or questions? As, as per usual, I have one. Good. Um, depending on the answer to the question I'm about to ask, I, I, may, I, I, I may have a kasha, obviously, depends on the answer. Is, 
Okay. When, uh, when Paul Yisrael was doing Avodah Zorah and Hashem responded with love, the Maisa, what did he respond with in order for them? What, what exactly was, what, what did he respond with in order for Klal Yisrael to recognize that he was responding with love in order to bring them back to, to, do, to, to do tshuva? They, first he sent the, uh, a nation to attack them and the nation took some of the land. They infiltrated and they, they grabbed some, some territory. Then, then Hashem allowed the Klal Yisrael to to um, retaliate and they, they gained back the territory that they lost. So this was meant, so, so they recognized this as, as, a, as, a, as love from Hashem. Uh, the question, I suppose, the second part of the question is, um, if their heads were in a void of Zora, how did they recognize that this was a hover from Hashem? The heads weren't even in Hashem or recognizing the fact that they were doing the Voidah Zorah means that they weren't looking for signs or recognition of Hashem at all. So how did they know that this was a love was love from Hashem in order for them to do Shuva, in order to bring them back through through love and to bring them back at all? Okay, that's a, that's an interesting question. But the answer is that everybody knows Hashem. Even the atheist knows Hashem. Like they say, there's no atheist in a foxhole, right? Mm. Even when a person is doing a vote Zora, because don't forget, we don't know what a vote, we don't know what the, the type for a vote Zora is because the Hachamim took it out of the world. But in those days, there was, there was a very powerful type for a vote Zora, you know, whatever it is. So they, they had it. But the soul knows the truth. The soul knows it's it's nourished kind of nonsense. You know, it's like the they used to have a rabbit's foot. I don't know if they still have it, but rabbits was like like a good luck charm. You know, rabbit's foot is a good luck charm. Where does that come from? But people they carry it. You know, feel like it's going to do something for them. The voters are the same way. They know it's nourished kind of nonsense because they know the emesis of sham. So yeah, they were doing a bodhisattva and they were involved in that tuma. But deep, deep in their in their souls, they knew the truth. Every 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 Jew was a mami bin mami. And if Hashem would help them to regain the territory that they lost through a um, they retaliated, so then you know maybe they'll they'll get the message. But you know it's interesting historically we have to check to see did they get the message or not. I don't know, but. So many times we see this in the Navi, how they do a Vodazor and the Shem punishes them and you know, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, you know. But that, that's, that's, the point is, is that Hashem gives us the slack, he gives us slack. It's okay, you didn't get the message, you're still doing the Vodazor, the, 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 the Lashen Hora, whatever Chet is, is, is the head, head Chet that they're involved in. Tazov, azov, emo. Just let it go. Just let it go, and and hopefully we'll get the message. You know, we we have to keep our eyes open. Also, you know, the same idea. What you're saying is that how, how do you know that this is what Hashem is doing? The answer is you have to keep your eyes open and, and realize that uh, look look at all the blessings that we have in our life. You know, we have we have we have to 
thousands, hundreds of years, almost 2,000 years in Gaulus, we have, we have the Eretz Yisrael, and, you know, after, after, the, after the Shoah, and after terrible pogroms, now we have Eretz Yisrael. But we have to realize that Hashem is showering us with Rachamim right now. We also have to do tshuva and realize that if this is Hashem is giving us this Rachamim now, we have to work on Sinischinim and building the base of Migdash and bringing Mashiach, you know, and getting it right. Oh, thank you. One other point, no, two other points. The, 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 the Prasha tells us that we should not afflict an almana, a widow, or an orphan. Arashi Akkadir says that's because the almana and an orphan, they're, they're so sensitive that the Torah specifically talks about not to afflict an almana, a, a widow, or an orphan. But Rashi expands that principle to, to any person. We should, we should never afflict anybody or cause anybody pain or suffering or even in the slightest, uh, the slightest way, Not verbally or it's like their honor or um, financially or you know, in, in any way, shape or form, we should do everything that we can to make sure that we never cause anybody pain. And it says that one time Rav Pinchas Ben Yair was walking to the base Midrash and he came to the river and he said, don't stop me from learning Torah and the river split open like Kriyas Yamsuf. And his Talmidim who were accompanying him said, can we also cross the river? And he looked at them and he said, you can cross the river and walk on the dry land on one condition. That never in your life you ever caused hurt to another human being. Can you imagine that? <clears throat> okay, that's another very important principle. And, it, and the, the third idea I wanted to discuss, discuss tonight is um, an Evid Ivory. Hold on, somebody's at the door. Who's there? Uh, it starts off with the Ebed Ivri, this this, uh, this Parsha, and it says he, if he wants to stay um, in Ebed, so his uh, master puts a puts a hole in his ear. He takes an awl and puts a, uh, puts a hole in his ear. So the uh, Rav Zesla says, why does he put a hole in his ear? Because he's showing that his ear has a blemish. Because the ear that heard on Har Sinai that we are slaves to Hashem and not slaves to people, he has a moon. He can't, he can't hear. Something wrong with his hearing. So therefore they, they poke a hole in his ear to show that he doesn't know how to hear. But somebody knows how to hear, that's the greatest thing. You know, Shema Yisrael, we hear, we hear the word of Hashem, we hear the words of Torah, we hear somebody tells us Musa, which is really straight, and we change our life, you know? So this is the very important uh, idea. Like one time, 
Um, we're running out of time here. Less than a minute. <laughs> we won't even have a chance to sing our song, but one time Rabbi Shalanter said to somebody, uh, you know, what are you doing for Olam Haba? And the person got the message and he became the, the author of uh, Navardic, you know, because he was able to hear, you know, Israel, I'm working, what am I doing to get my share in the next world? So you have to have a ozen shomat, a hearing ear to really understand and take in the lessons of life that Hashem sends us. And then we can step up to the plate and really be Avdeh Hashem and Ebenem on Hashem. Okay, this is the lesson I want to share. If anybody has any comments, we're not going to have a chance to sing our song tonight. We'll have to sing it privately. And if not, I wish everybody a good week. And um, thank you for joining. Thank you, Rob. Shavuot Tov, everyone. Okay, Shavuot Tov. Good everybody. We can start to sing. I don't think we're going to last. Kel mistater v'shav yerchev yona seichel v'neelam mikorayon ilus ha'ilus muktar b'keser elyon keser yignu l'hoashem v'reishit t'ereschol ha'gedum arashumok m'eschol ha'astum o'me'ayin t'imotzei Vehine lomo rei